You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, sexymarriage.net. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. Mm-hmm. Having f- honest, straightforward, anything goes as far as topics we will cover or conversations. Because we believe that married sex is the hotbed for sex. Yes, it is. And we also love every week when the Sexy Marriage Nation takes some time out of their day to spend it with us. And they also let us know what's going on in their world. Mm-hmm. This came into the inbox, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, where a husband was saying that he and his wife were chatting about, and a great statement just happened, because they were listening to a show and some of the stuff we've been talking about, and he said, every marriage has its friction. The question is, how are you going to handle it? That's the, that's the thing that stood out to him, and his yeah. wife responded with, with lube or without? <laughs> nice. <laughs> I like... And speaking of lube... Ah, this episode of Sexy Marriage Radio is brought to you by Lola. Founded for women, by women. Bringing you 100% feminine care organic products. For 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter SMR to get started. And this, uh, we also love when Sexy Marriage Nation will jump in and ask us their questions because that helps us know where we're going to go. As far as the topics that are uh, going on in their world. Yeah. And the way they can do that is you can call our voicemail line, which is 214-702-9565. And that gets your call on the air. And we can uh, answer specifically to what's going on with you or any kind of comment, um, thoughts that you even have about other other shows we've done. We love mm-hmm. voicemails about that. Mm-hmm. You can also feedback at sexymergeradio.com because we love the nation. And yep. how they are engaged with us. And so my Pam, my wife Pam is joining me as always on the episodes. Mm-hmm. And coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, we have your questions, a couple of our answers. I also have a second opinion that's joining me with Dr. Tim Cole. Yeah, glad to have him back. Who's been on before, where we have a voicemail from a listener in the nation that uh, had a specific question when it comes to trust and what do you do when it's broken. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to be joining to help answer that. And then if you would like to join the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, we're going to go into a deeper conversation with Dr. Cole on just some of his work and communication styles and some different uh, aspects that he's uncovered when it comes to the sophistication of relationships and how you deal with that. And so if you're interested in the extended version which is about twice as long, also has no ads. You can subscribe at Sexy Marriage Radio or at sexymarriage.net. Mm-hmm. So all of that is coming up on today's show. Dr. Corey, Allen, and Pam, thank you for all the work you put into Sexy Marriage Radio. Your show has been a source for many conversations between me and my wife of nine years. We practice natural family planning and are currently not trying to have more children. That means that we abstain from intercourse while she is fertile. We're also following a moral framework where we do not orgasm outside of the context 
of intercourse. During times of abstinence from intercourse, I will initiate passionate kissing. As the higher desire partner, we have decided that I would be the primary initiator and she would be the brakes when brakes are needed. Usually, as things start to get hot and heavy, she is able to put the brakes on. This is great because these are the roles we agreed to. Other times, things get so hot and heavy that we both end up orgasming. Yes, we fall short of our moral ideals, and that's the struggle of the moral life, of course. It is in this context that sometimes during abstinence from intercourse, I will initiate some kissing. Her response is sometimes a quick peck or more consistent kissing that feels almost platonic. It feels like she is applying the brakes immediately. When we leave the bedroom, I ask her about the experience. She, she sometimes says, I just was not sure what you wanted. The issue could be that my initiation of passionate kissing and bodily embrace was not clear enough. Still, I usually respond with, well, what I wanted is just half of the equation. What did you want? And the discussion becomes cyclical and unproductive. I acknowledge that some of the ambiguity comes because there are many types of kisses in our relationship. There is the hello and goodbye kiss, the it's so nice to lay here next to you kiss, and then there's the passionate I want you bad kiss. She might not be sure which one I want when I initiate. So I'm trying to be responsible for my side of the passion dynamics. I expect that whatever my desires are when I initiate, my initiation will be met with her desires, even if they are different than mine. That's fine. It's confusing that her response in the moment is not about her desires, but about her uncertainty about my desires. Do you have any suggestions for how we can make our desires more overt? Thank you for dealing with this complex question. That is complex. <laughs> it is. I'm I'm feverishly taking notes, yes. uh, going through this scenario here. Right, and so what what immediately jumps out to me initially is the whole concept of the natural flaming planning, which we've not talked about on Sexy Marriage Radio and the life of Sexy Marriage Radio. Okay. It's been alluded yep. to maybe once or twice, way back in the archives, but. For those of you that aren't familiar with natural family planning, it's where you're not using any sort of contraception to uh, to not to avoid pregnancies. Yeah, and there's lots of different ways that you can in, in information that shows it's a viable option. Mm-hmm. It just requires a lot more discipline because you have yeah, and a lot more tracking. Yeah, tracking the calendar. Mm-hmm. What's her cycle? But it's a it's a one that's used by a lot of people and we actually have. I have if you look at the inbox at feedback@sexymarriageradio.com, there's a lot of emails that have come in on this topic. We've just not ever jumped into it. And so initially that's what jumps out to me, but that's not his question. Because his question is how do you handle when my desires aren't met by my partner's desires or they don't speak up? about what their desires are. They're just kind of following. Uh, well, it sounded like, too, it's, um, there's an assumption made about what his desires are. Right. Right. They're following, but they don't really know what they're following because they're making assumptions about the desires. Right. And one of the reasons why I love this voicemail 
is it comes on the heels of a couple of topics we've talked about in the past just recently on who leads because someone has to lead when it comes to sex and then that usually means someone else is following mm-hmm. and maybe there are times where someone is the designated leader and then at some point during the process leadership changes hands and the other person then steps up to the plate and takes the lead and the other is forced to follow but someone has to be a leader in the process and there can be a fluidity and a dynamic that can be a really good dance with that uh-huh but then the other thing that comes up is what are what's each person's responsibility and that goes back to the show we just recently did on um each person's responsibility to say no or to say yes on consent and on where do I go and what do we do and what's okay and what's not? Well, this one seems to add an extra caveat here and that they've made an agreement that uh, about not orgasming Yeah, when it's those times that she's fertile and they could potentially have, you know, get pregnant. Right. 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 And, and they've um, fallen short of that, mm-hmm. not hitting what their moral compass is. And, you know, how much does that play into the role that maybe isn't even, his wife may not even be realizing. It, you know, maybe she's thinking, well, I'm not sure what you're expecting, but is that really all? Do you really, if you're going against something that's a moral compass... Is that playing into this too? Okay, I see. I hadn't even thought of that, Pam. That's a that's an interesting. Let's let's land there for a second. Then I want to kind of shift back. Okay. Okay. But I, because what you're almost describing, and tell me if I'm hearing you right, they've agreed upon the role that she will be the the, the backstop. She's the brakes. Right. Yeah. She will be the one that it's not going to go past X, whatever that is, because they're not going to. They've agreed they're not going to have orgasms outside of times they have intercourse. Right. Okay. So in essence, he's put all the pressure on her to be the one to control him. Yeah, that's how I'm seeing it. Rather than he has to need, they would be behoove them both if he will step up and say, I will stop us too. It's not just her it to live according to the moral compass, because basically she's required. She's responsible for their both their moral compasses. That's how I heard it. Okay. I hadn't even thought of it that way. Yeah. I didn't hear it that way. That So that that brings about one conversation that needs to be had for the husband to decide, wait, is this a logical, helpful way for her to be the moral compass for both of us mm. and the breaks for both of us? Because what's my role? Because I would think if you're talking about optimum sexual encounters with your spouse— you would want to be in those times where one person will lose their head at times, <laughs> if not both of you, that it's just passion free flowing, Yeah, you know, that it really truly is that. And so you would want her to have the freedom to not always have to be the safeguard. Yeah. It seems like you're not going to relax and maybe get into it as much if, if you're the one that's got to. No, oh, breaks are coming, breaks are coming, breaks are coming. So that would mean you need to have a conversation about what's my role as a husband to also be a break applier. Yeah. To to change that dynamic, to at least be a, more of a team with that. So it's not just on one person's shoulders. Okay. I mean, I applaud them for coming up with something that fits what they want. They, they sounds like they talk it through. 
and they've got something that's really good going. Well done. Yeah. The other question that jumps out to me is this idea of who leads, because so often it's like he made the way he even framed it. What I want is only 50% of it. It also accounts for what you want. Mm-hmm. Right, that was one of the, and that's like they're both spending energy trying to read each other, and that can trip us up. Yeah, as opposed to, and this is one of the things I've heard that I think applies to this: that you know, marriage isn't fifty-fifty. Marriage is one hundred, one hundred. Really good sex is one hundred, one hundred. It is. <laughs> it's it's. I'm going after what I'm interested in, what I want. I'll apply my own breaks as necessary. I'll temper as necessary. I'm wanting 100 from you too. Mm-hmm. Because then that means we're both jockeying out of fullness more than trying to read each other. And I think that makes a big difference. Yeah, we're, we're, it's going to be a loser's game if I'm trying to read your mind all the time or I'm, I'm taking a facial reaction you may have or a some sort of body movement you may have granted if we're in a marriage for any length of time, there's going to be things we get about our spouse, right? We're going to understand, okay, I know what happened today. Uh, I know the history of, of what went on in the last 24 hours and X, Y, Z is, is on his mind. Right. We know each other. We're not, we can't play stupid on that, but we also can't just assume that we know what's going through their mind. Right. And I think that's where the onus is on each person's shoulders to be responsible for themselves. I just had this conversation in one of the mastermind groups we just I just did recently about how often, as nice guys, we can make it really easy and take too much responsibility for our partner, too. Rather than, no, their job is to step up for them, to stop things for them, to alter the course for them, not me just to always read those tea leaves accurately. Mm-hmm. And it's both people in a in a goal of learning to be solid, learning to grow, to be authentic and, and more confident in themselves. And when you have that in an optimum situation, that's when you do get that 100-100 mm-hmm. component. Well, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, we have a new sponsor. So tell them about Lola, Pam. Sure. Lola gives women peace of mind about what they're putting in their bodies because Lola's feminine products are 100% organic cotton. Their subscriptions are fully customizable based on your needs. You choose either or a combo of organic cotton, tampons, pads, liners, or wipes. And they're super flexible, allowing you to skip, change, or cancel at any time. You can feel good about your purchase knowing that Lola donates feminine products to homeless shelters across the U.S. with every purchase you make. I like Lola because it's so convenient. Uh, to have my products show up right at the front door every month. And since I subscribed, I don't have to pay for the standard shipping. I also love their lube that's in a mess-free bottle. For 40% off all subscriptions and to learn more, visit mylola.com and enter SMR when you subscribe. That's mylola.com and enter SMR. So we had Dr. Cole on earlier uh, last year in 2018. Yeah. Where... He has some work that's called Broken Trust, Mm -hmm. and he um, has done a bunch of research on how do you deal, how do you recover from betrayals faster, or how do you just recover from them? Yeah, at all, yeah. And and his work is really, really good because he takes the science of it and tries to apply, because it's actually, he's he's a PhD, but not in the mental health field. 
he's in the communication field. Oh, so he's, that's interesting. He's a scientist. Okay. It, more than anything. And yep. so he's, he's done research on that component of it and then tried to help couples and tried to help relationships because unfortunately in our today's day and age, betrayals are a fact of life for a lot of people. Sure. And well, so recovering from yeah. those is a vital thing. And so I'm really excited about the conversation that he and I had mm-hmm. on his work. So joining me for a second opinion is a guest that we had uh, not too long ago, actually, is Dr. Tim Cole, where he has a book out called Broken Trust, and that's where you can find his information and his work, is brokentrust.com. And I loved our conversation before, Tim, and so I thought now that we're getting some questions that come in and some voicemails that come in, and this theme is coming up again, I would love to have you help me answer this voicemail, if you're cool with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to help. All right. Well, welcome back to the show and to the Sexy Imagination again, Tim. Glad you're here. Thank you for having me. Hi there. I'm just calling in about um, what I felt was left undone from episode 386. Um, The caller that was addressing a previous message, she kind of ended her question with what is the best way forward when trust is broken, the temptation has repeatedly been chosen, and the affair has become reality. And then, uh, Corey, you kind of followed that up with kind of rephrasing that question into what do you do when trust has been repeatedly broken and you move forward as the party who's been hurt or damaged in that process? You addressed in that episode then a little bit on standing up for yourself and speaking out um, instead of kind of being the victim. And while I agree with that, um, I'm curious to know more on how do you do that when uh, leaving your marriage, separating even temporarily, isn't something that is desirable by you. Like you want to be still in the same home and you want to be in that marriage and you have kids and life that you don't want to see disrupted, but you also want to take a stand and say, this just can't keep happening. (laughs) Um, What does that look like in reality for a married couple uh, in day-to-day life? My personal story is that, that kind of the affairs that have happened against me by my husband are more um, emotional affairs than actual physical affairs, but a very dear friend of mine is also going through the actual physical affair aspect right now, and we both are coming at it from the same angle that we want, we love our husbands, we love the life that we have together, um, and we want to see that continue to be what it is without having to leave them, and yet we also want to see change where when those temptations are being put in front of them, they're choosing us instead of that temptation. So if you can give some extra insights and words of wisdom towards that, uh, it would be really helpful. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Ouch. My heart goes out to her. Absolutely. To Absolutely. So I'm, I'm interested because, you know, you and I were kind of, as, as this was playing, there were several reactions <laughs> from from yeah. both of us. 
hearing this, the first one being you've nailed it, uh, heart goes out to her because mm -hmm. any couple uh, in this kind of a dilemma and struggle, I mean, that's a that's a rough rough patch. Yeah, to be in definitely. And and from you know my academic background or my the way I analyze analyze uh, analyze these situations. It seems like her rewards are very high in this relationship, uh, but her costs are very high. Yes. And so it's what is called a precarious relationship because she's getting a lot out of it, but she's getting a lot of pain as well. Right. Um, and these are very difficult to maintain long term. And so I understand what she's going through. I understand the emotional stress she's under and strain she's under. Um, and at the end of the day, everybody wants to be valued and respected in their relationship. Right. right. And so while she's getting other things out of the relationship, uh, she didn't articulate exactly what those were. She's not being valued and respected. Right. Ultimately, that's true. And so, I, you know, my first reaction is she's got to ask herself, can she be in a relationship where she's not being valued and respected? And she really needs to think about that and consider that. And if you can't, then you need to take steps to exit. Okay. Um, if you've already tried to resolve this behavior and this is a reoccurring problem where you're consistently not valued and disrespected, um, and I understand, I understand it's hard to give up the rewards, right? It's very difficult. Well, and that's the whole thing is there's a price to either side. Yeah. Right? There's I mean, no clear path, right? That's yeah, the problem here. This is, this is a serious dilemma of uh, it's, the, it's the choice it's two choices, and both of them are undesirable to a degree, yeah. if not large degrees. Yeah, because it really and is a trapped feeling. It is a trapped feeling, and so what? What the research shows in situations like this, it often helps people get a better sense of the situation, a better read of the situation, a better way forward if they focus on their alternatives. Okay. And so, are there ways that she can improve her life outside her marriage that will make her feel more valued? loved and cared for okay and so again maybe exercise activities hobbies throwing herself into something that she truly is passionate about that also is in her self-interest and so i let me ask you a question tim because is that also yeah. something that can be done without necessarily even ending the relationship it's just now Definitely. all of a sudden maybe i do a little more focus of hold on if yeah. if this is what's happening inside the walls Maybe mm -hmm. I start looking at some of the things for me outside of the walls that are healthy, in line with my character, in line with my values, because this is not at all counsel to just go cheat. So that yep. way you find no, somebody no, no, that values like that. Nothing, you. No, nothing like that. Right. right. This is about what do, you, what do I need to do for myself to earn my own self-respect going forward? You, you paraphrase that perfectly. That's exactly what people in this kind of dilemma, it helps if they focus on that. Okay. And again, building that self-respect, that value, that love, that kindness towards themselves outside of the relationship. It will give them much more clarity on how to deal with this dilemma. Okay. Because at least they'll then- They'll feel more empowered. They'll that, feel more perfect. in control. Mm -hmm. And they will see the situation from a different perspective. Okay. Because that's where I love and, your, what you're talking about. Because what she's basically asking and the way I hear it is- how do I make a really strong move to show the importance of what I want in a spouse without making the move? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and that's, that's taking care of yourself and taking care of yourself in ways that, again, 
show your integrity, okay. your values, your love, your kindness towards yourself without damaging the relationship. And, and couldn't this also be, Tim, because this is just what comes to my mind, couldn't this also be uh, almost incremental in the way you could think of doing this? That Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so one of them is just, the, you know what, I'm not going to spend all my time around you when you don't treat me with the love and care mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm due yeah. and that I, I, I want from you. So some of my uh, discretionary time will be out doing some of the things with my girlfriends, with me, with kids, whatever, to the exclusion yep. of you. Just kind of nice little subtle here you go. This is yep. this is a line of me standing yeah. up, and you could even go a little bit further. Is and I'm not going to have sex with you while when I I don't feel like that's Definitely. it's warranted. Uh, I'm not even going to sleep in the same room possibly. So you kind of you, you got ways to almost go up these stair this ladder, yeah. Till you find what is it that really does put the pressure on the relationship to work itself out or not? Because I think that's. Yeah from what I understand of your work, and it's going to be a lot of the same lines I have in mind of there's no way to go through this without the risk of the relationship, not surviving. Definitely. So, right. And there's no way to control what your partner decides, right? right? But you've got to do what's in your best interest at all times and in the best interest of that relationship. Okay. Otherwise the whole thing will fall apart. Okay. Um, And again, I, I like the idea of, all, all the research shows is that small incremental steps mm-hmm. is something that becomes habitual. That's something you can easily do. It doesn't have to be over the top. Right. Right. Like I'm going to go to the gym one day a week and start off with that. Right. Okay. Especially, uh, or I'm going to limit my, the way I respond to you. I'm going to do something nice for me rather than immediately putting your needs ahead of mine. Okay. And that's Cause that's interesting because it sounds like, the move she's made thus far, and then even the girlfriend she's alluding to that's in a similar situation is, my words aren't enough. Yeah. Right? <laughs> because well, well, her words aren't enough, and she's staying in the relationship, and she's very happy in the relationship. And unfortunately, uh, people at a non-conscious level figure out that their partners are kind of stuck, right? And so I'm giving you just what you need to stay there right. while I'm enjoying my freedoms as well. And it's really an unfortunate situation to be on the, the dilemma she's at. Right. right. And that's, that's where it, it seems to me like, cause the experience I have with the couples that are in these kind of situations, we all have this element of us in our humanness that yeah. what's the littlest I have to do to avoid <laughs> a consequence <laughs> I don't want, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but still get all, what I want. <laughs> right. We all try to conserve energy. We try to take shortcuts. What's yep. the minimal I can put in without rocking the boat. Right. Um, yeah. And at the same time, there's all these power dynamics in a relationship. So um, again, taking care of putting your priorities first and that self care helps you establish more power vis-a-vis your partner in a way that's healthy, in a way that's not destructive. Right, because I think from what I'm, and this is where I want to go with you in just a minute in the extended version, so this is the tease if you're just listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio today. Uh, Tim and I are going to go a little bit deeper on some of this this framework that he, that he works within, but I think when I hear the whole concept of power dynamics, because I love landing there with people, Mm-hmm. It's not a relational power over somebody else. It's a power. It's a relational power over myself. Yeah, that's the way yeah, I think have, of it. Yeah. So there's there's all types of power in a relationship. At one hand, 
you actually do have to love yourself and care for yourself and take care of yourself. If you don't do that, uh, nothing else is going to work right. right. You're going to be taken advantage of. At the same time, you know, power shifts from between partners all the time. Yeah. From moment to moment, right? Yeah. Uh, making a financial decision, someone has the upper hand. Making a social decision, someone else has the upper hand. Um, and it's very complex, right? Okay. And people respect that, understand that, get that. Okay. And that's good. So Tim, tell people in the sex imagination how they can find you a little bit more. Um, yeah. So I teach at DePaul University, um, but I also have a website called brokentrust.com. I have a book out, uh, How to Repair Broken Trust. Um, and again, all the questions that come in, um, the book was really based on thousands and thousands of questions that I got and just taking all the academic research. There's decades of research on this topic right. and trying to translate that academic work into ways that are useful for couples to try to work through. Um, I think it's really important that you meant, uh, that, that it's noted that a lot of couples are able to work through these types of problems. So when people first encounter it, they go, oh, no, my right. marriage is over. That's right. usually not the case. Right. And so I think that's one of the largest obstacles people face. But then this is another dilemma, getting stuck with things not changing. Okay, then that's good. So, Tim, thank you for joining me to answer this one. You bet. I'm happy to help. Hello, Dr. Allen. Um, I called a couple weeks ago. You actually just played my question on the air this morning. I was super excited to hear that. Um, ironically, though, and this is the problem with backtracking, I just at episode number 374, where you addressed some of those issues of consent in marriage. Uh, I really appreciated how you and Pam handled your one caller and his question about her body belonging to me in marriage. Uh, I just wanted to add my two cents to that, for whatever it's worth, because that verse is one of my particular soapboxes. The other side to that coin is the verse in Ephesians, how husbands must love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Christ died so that we could have the freedom to choose him. Not that we are forced to, but that we could choose. And in the same way, husbands should sacrifice themselves so that their wives can have the freedom to choose them. It's not a forcing, like you said, it's not slavery. But it's on the burden is on the husband to step forward and do what's necessary to inspire their wives to choose them. Uh, so, thank you for listening. Um, again, thank you for the show, and thank you for circling back around for that question on consent. Happy New Year! And we're going to leave it at that. Yeah. I think one of the things that jumps out to me from that last voicemail is. We need good, solid people. We do. The, wor the world mm -hmm. and marriages and families and, man, just life is so much better when there's solid people involved. <laughs> yeah, and thank you to the nation because all of you, by listening to this, you're making yourself more solid. And you're making us more solid when you let us know what you think. Yeah. So if we left something undone or didn't cover it adequately enough or are just way off base in your mind or you got two cents you want to add, 214. 702-9565 is how you do that. So wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, thank you for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. Mm -hmm. We'll see you next time.